magnificent scenes here in Dallas as the president's motorcade makes its way along Houston Street. The jubilant crowd really making the president welcome as the procession makes a sharp left turn into Elm Street. Oh my God! That was that was gunfire. The scene here is is now one of panic. It, it seems the presidential motorcade has has been fired upon. Just just getting updates. Could it be? Oh, the, the president may have been hit. With two-for-one offers on all bodyguards, security personnel, and bulletproof glass. He should have gone to Lifesavers. The Richard Usher Podcast. Assorted audio antics from Larynx Productions. Written and presented by Richard Usher. Oh, hello. Uh, just making a, a spot of coffee. Thanks for uh, downloading, streaming or simply ingesting this podcast. This is the first edition, so you're being very brave in giving us a try. And if I was wearing a hat, I'd certainly keep it on. So, what is this podcast all about? Indeed, what is a podcast? Well, I guess I should know, because I'm making one. But I find it's easier to take the same approach I take to computer programs I install. Ignore the instructions, forget what everyone else does... I just hope for the best. Podcasting suggests all sorts of things, doesn't it? Highlights from football games and radio shows, or an hour-long discussion via Skype between two amateur bakers with speech impediments on the best methods for baking gluten-free brownies. Podcasting also makes me think of the process for hiring actors to appear in a remake of the movie classic Invasion of the Body Snatchers. But I'm kind of taking things illiterally there. So... What can you expect to hear if you stick around to the bitter end? Well, like the fact that I've got a water vole swimming in my kitchen sink, it really defies explanation. In all honesty, it's just what comes to mind as I go along. That said, you will hear some interesting takes on one or two milestones in history, and there'll be comedic commentary on life's frustrations from the master of mirth, Ben Bernard. Speaking of which, let's take you back to December of last year, when the poor old soul was having trouble shopping for a greetings card. Log off Ben Bernard, Series 3, Episode 1. The first day of Christmas. Ooh, you've caught me red-handed. Bit of a nasty paper cut in the uh, get well soon section, ironically. <laughs> Still, at least the cards are wrapped in plastic. Uh, it, it'll soon wipe off. It, it's all the same, though, isn't it? You, you go to a card shop for a birthday card, and suddenly you start to remember all the other cards you're likely to need. The get well card is uh, is on the off chance, to be honest. Uh, my mother-in-law starts to lose her voice as we get nearer to uh, you know what. Uh, Claims it's an allergy to decorations. Says her doctor diagnosed her with uh, tinselitis. I- I'm just thankful for small mercies. Best gift I could ask for. Eee. Have you ever tried to buy a birthday card in November or early December? It's like trying to order a beef burger in a vegetarian restaurant. Christmas is getting earlier, there's no doubt about it. 
This place is awash with glitter, and all the decent birthday cards are crammed into one tiny corner stand. And don't get me started on the chuffing Muzak. It's the same in cafes. I mean, on the 5th of November, I want to think about bonfire night. I don't want to eat a Yule log to a soundtrack of Jonah Louie. It's bad enough eating the wife's turkey dinner to that on Christmas Day. Ooh, I get year-round flashbacks. The dinner and the music. <laughs> I mean, look at this lot. You can't even buy a gift voucher without a chuffing reindeer on it. I sound like a right Scrooge, but, but I'm not as bad as my mate Ellis Earby. He's a bit of a Christmas Nazi. Goes around disconnecting the electricity supply of any house daring to put up the lights before mid-December. Got caught out one year, though. Cut through a cable and got electrocuted. I guess he was shocking around the Christmas tree. Hehe. <laughs> First Day of Christmas was written and performed by Richard Usher. It was edited and produced by Glisten.media on behalf of Larynx Productions. Hehe. <laughs>2015, I was working on a few things with a view to launching this podcast. In fact, I spent some time at a fab studio in downtown Reading, recording material with the guys at glisten.media. Shortly after this experience, I found myself lost in the equatorial rainforests of South America. But that's what you get for boarding a first great western train on diversion to avoid the Seven Tunnel.
So, let's venture back through the mists of time to the 1st of December and our twistery take on the anniversary of the issuing of the Beveridge Report on Social Insurance and Allied Services in 1942. This influential document is regarded as an instrumental part of the founding of the welfare state in the UK. The report committee was led by economist William Beveridge and went on to propose widespread reform to the system of social welfare. Blimey, that sounds almost interesting. Today sees the publication of what some commentators are calling the most far-reaching document since, well, since that other one we, uh, we don't mention. Uh, you mean that tatty bit of old paper that uh, old Chamberlain waved at us all before the war started? <laughs> uh, yes. I will introduce my guest in a moment. Uh, but indeed, today we'll see the publication of the Beveridge Report on Social Insurance and Allied Services, said to propose widespread reform to the system of social welfare here in Great Britain. Created by a group chaired by economist William Beveridge, this report outlines a reward for the sacrifices undertaken by everyone in the country. With me is Sir James Partington Sturge, a minister without portfolio, instrumental in the formation of this document. It's all about the face. I, I, I beg your pardon? All about the face. Uh, about the face. Uh, the, 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 the typeface. <laughs> that was my input, don't you know? <laughs> I see. Now, I understand, Mr. Beveridge... And I've no idea what happened to my portfolio. <laughs> I had it with me on the noon train into Waterloo. <laughs> Devil of a thing. <laughs> well, I understand that the report has identified five giant evils, the war excepted, currently affecting society. Uh, squalor, ignorance, want, idleness and disease. Ah, yes, indeed, yes. Uh, dear old William and the rest of us, we'd had quite a few beverages by the time we came up with that little list. <laughs> Sorry, uh, don't you mean beverages? Ah, yes, 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 those two. Oh, yes, the bar of the old rogues club in Rotten Row made a small fortune that night. <laughs> these great evils... Uh, your committee and this report are set to address these areas and focus on a system of social welfare and reform, are they not? Well, yes, yes. Uh, we, we hope to see an end to widespread squalor, ignorance, uh, want, idleness and disease by, uh, oh, uh, I should say, 2015, uh, 2016, something like that. <laughs> Seventy-three years is a long time. Could it not be achieved sooner? Good heavens, no. Uh, you can't expect governments to commit to anything longer than their five-year terms. That's unrealistic. <laughs> slowly, slowly, catch a monkey. <laughs> I would anticipate that at the very least by 2015, the concepts of uh, squalor, ignorance, want and idleness uh, will, will be focused in only one area, uh, television reality and talent shows. Uh, possibly Deptford, too. Ahoy there, I'm Captain Pigslash. Forty days at sea exploring the Great Briney from the coast of Merry England to the far-off New World in the Americas. <laughs> so long a board ship can make a sailor lose his knowing. 
Jones. Tain't healthy to be in the company of your fellow Maharties for so long a stretch. No decent grub, and without the company of the fairer sex, are. I caught nine of the swabs casting off on pork side only t'other day. Arr. When you're on a long sea voyage, it's easy to forget those landlubbers back home. And when birthdays come around, you finds it mighty difficult to find a postbox to send home a card. That's where Skelton Nags and his unique new mailing system comes in very handy. <laughs> Just write out a greeting card, drop it in the Hessian sack, and hang it from the nearest buoy. <laughs> the lads from Moonfleet do the rest. <laughs> Moonfleet.com it's grand to find a comfortable chair when you're getting on a bit, or you're a mutant Khaled. My head of security, Nida, got this from Ronson's, you know. Ronson's original electrically powered seat. I never thought it would be so easy to get around it. First, he sent for their brochure, and then went to the showroom. They had over a hundred chairs to choose from. Bronson's high seat chair. It's lovely. Five one one Bradford Road, Batley, Carcroft Brig, Thorparch, Darleydale, and Weatherby. It is Richard Usher. Exterminate. Yes, that's right. You're listening to the Richard Usher podcast from Larynx Productions. I must say, I do admire your staying power. You're either intrigued by the content or just slightly batty. Either way, I'm glad you've stuck with us. And by now, you should be getting the idea. OK, time for some more twistery. And if you take a look through the historic milestones from any given month, you're bound to find something significant. However, some events are left in the history books just gathering dust. Like the 14th of January 1943, when President Franklin D. Roosevelt and Prime Minister Winston Churchill both travelled to Casablanca to discuss World War II. Oh, you must remember this. Monsieur? Scotch on the rocks. I just flew in from Miami. It's four o'clock in the morning in D.C. What time is it here? Noon, monsieur. Well, that makes it A-OK in my book. Mr. Roosevelt, Mr. Roosevelt, the fat man, he, he wants to see you. Good afternoon, Mr. Roosevelt. At last we meet. Uh. Hey, Sam, play it. But Mr. Roosevelt... You played it for him, now play it for me. The Nazis will not be pleased that we have met. We shall fight them. On the beaches. They took your towels too. Well, come with me. They won't always have Paris. Maybe not today. Maybe not tomorrow. But soon. And for the rest of our lives. He's looking at you, Winston. This could be the start of a special relationship. Now, I don't know about you, but February made me shiver. With every paper I'd deliver. Especially the eviction papers for that impoverished family in Neesden. Talking of the weather and my bailiff duties, the 11th of February in 1878 saw the first weekly weather forecast 
issued as a report by the British Meteorological Office under Captain Robert Fitzroy. Come in! A gentleman from the British Meteorological Office just delivered this missive, sir. Ah, splendid! <laughs> Thank you, Hives. That'll be the uh, new weather forecast thing uh, old Fitzroy was telling me about in the club last week. <laughs> now, uh, what uh, what do we have here? <laughs> mm. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Sunshine, early morning frost. <laughs> Low cloud, touch of mist, and a light drizzle. Well, that's an awfully good assessment of the week ahead. The bellers, uh, what do you say? Well, sir, my seaweed has never been wrong. And he says as it's inclement, sir. Heavy rain be predicted, so it be. Superstitious rot. <laughs> Mrs. Jeffers, what's your assessment? Well, sir... Pardon me for being so bold, sir, but my corn, my corn says the north wind shall blow, sir, and we shall have snow by midweek. Until then, it will rain something rotten. (laughs) (laughs) Old wives twaddle. I'm going to rely on Fitzroy's science and not this superstitious hooey. However, I might just take my umbrella and galoshes. The door, Hives. Very good, sir. Oh, and do take care of the floodwaters, sir. Proof that history really is a thing of the past. And who knows, this podcast might well join it. However, we'll turn our attention more to the present and the month of March. Unless you're way behind with your podcast listening. Anyway, what better way to mark the launch of this audio endeavour Then with this final bit of twistery, marking events from the 3rd of March, 1969, the anniversary of the launch of the third manned mission in the United States Apollo space program, Apollo 9. And Apollo 9 is launched. Congratulations, everyone. Our third manned mission is a go. Mission Control, Davis speaking. Hi, Commander. This is Rusty. What the? I'm here with Dave and uh, Jimmy on the side of the highway. Uh, We've broken down. Rusty? Sorry to hold up the launch. Uh, We'll get there just as soon as the breakdown truck gets here. Well, if you guys aren't on board, who the hell is? Hey, patch me into Apollo 9. Apollo 9, Apollo 9. This is Mission Control. Apollo 9, I say again, this is Mission Control. Do you hear us? Apollo 9, please respond. What's your Mission Control? Uh, I'm going just as fast as I can. <laughs> My old legs ain't what they was, <laughs> and this here cockpit needs a good clean. What's that? Who is that? It's old Woodrow, sir, the janitor. Let me, uh, let me just put this here vacuum cleaner outside, <laughs> and I'll be right with you. <laughs> Darn door stuck! Whoa! <laughs> 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 
get Apollo 10 ready for launch. You have been enduring the award-avoiding Richard Usher podcast. Written, performed, edited, and produced by Richard Usher. With thanks to glisten.media. Jazz comedy theme courtesy of bensound.com. The Richard Usher podcast is a Larynx production. <laughs>